we have two classes left to complete this Mimer. Today's class is going to be about Messias Nefesh. We started speaking at the end of the last class about the Messias Nefesh that the Yidin had during the time of Firm. The self-sacrifice that they were willing to give up everything. As long as they hold on to their Jewish identities. What was important... You know where it is? What was important was that chas v'shalom they didn't even have a thought of giving up their Jewish identity. And for that, they were ready to give up everything else. Even life? Even life. They didn't know that Haman wouldn't succeed. So they were ready to give up their lives not to leave go of their Jewish identity. Now, in the parak today, we're going to explain more about this Messiris Nefesh and why this Messiris Nefesh is a preface to Kabbalah's HaTerah, both when the Torah was given to us by Har Sinai and when the Jews reaffirmed, they completed their acceptance of the Torah in the days of Purim. Because there are two ways to do what you need to do. One way is One way is means that you recognize that someone else is stronger than you, smarter than you, more powerful than you, and therefore you're ready to listen to whatever they tell you to do. That's They're telling you to jump, you're going to jump. They're telling you to wrap straps on your arm and your head. You'll wrap straps on your arm and your head. Whatever they tell you to do. But there's a deeper bittle. The deeper bittle is not just, thank you, with Kaya Chamaisa, it's not just doing what needs to be done, but it's something which penetrates to my essence. I'm not just there as a separate entity from someone else who is greater than me, however it is that he's greater. And therefore I'm ready to submit to his commands, to his instructions, to his direction. But it's more than that. I'm essentially connected to them. I'm essentially one with them. 
and I cannot be separated from them. The difference between the two on one level and the way that we're going to describe it over here in the Maimar is that the first type of vital is logical. Obviously, if there's someone that's stronger than you, then you're going to listen to them because you don't want to get a patch. If there's someone who's smarter than you, you're going to listen to them because you recognize that their insight, their direction is going to bring you a greater good. But to give up your life, Mesiras Nefesh, to give up yourself, which is really what Nefesh is, to give up yourself is not something which makes any sense. The reason why Mesiras Nefesh exists is because of an essential bond which is so much deeper than anything logical, anything that makes sense. Like the essential bond that exists between a parent and a child, for example. As I've said many times, having children is completely illogical. It doesn't make any sense. What benefit is there? There's sleepless nights and frustrating days. Now, of course, there's some sparks of nachas along the way. Baruch Hashem, for some people, there's more nachas. We should all have overwhelming nachas. But the essential bond between a parent and a child is not motivated by that nachas. The nachas is a side benefit. The essential bond is that their child is brought, it's an extension of the parent, and as an extension of the parent, the parent is ready to do anything for this child, including giving up their lives. That's Mesiris Nefesh. Mesiris Nefesh is this essential bond which exists. And that essential bond which exists is an essential bond which... That's what we described earlier in the Maimer, Torah is all about. Torah is an essential connection between a Yid and Hashem. Yisrael v'eiraisa v'kudsha b'richu kulochad. Yidin with Hashem are one through Torah. The Torah is that vehicle that connects the essence of a Yid to the essence of Hashem and makes it one. It's the combination. What brings Hashem and us together as we discussed earlier in the Maimar at length. Because without that the essence of Hashem cannot have any relationship with a creature, a human being, something here below. 
it's only because of that essential bond which is brought out from the Torah that we have this relationship with Hashem. So therefore, to have that connection, to, to, to make ourselves a keili, a vessel, that that connection should be inside of us, it's not enough to tell Hashem, Hashem, we will do what you tell us to do. Why will we do what we tell us you to do? Because you, Hashem, are all-powerful and all-knowing. You're stronger than us, and you're smarter than us. So presumably, if you give us an instruction, it's in our greater good to do it. That's not enough. In order to prepare ourselves for that connection, for Torah, we need to say, Nasavanishma. What's Nasavanishma? Nasavanishma is Mesiras Nefesh, is a complete bittal to Hashem. Let's, let's read inside. This level of Mesiras Nefesh, Nimshach, it's drawn. Machmas Ava Hamisuteris. Where does Mesiris Nefesh come from? Mesiris Nefesh doesn't come from a Ava which is developed from logic. That means if I love you because you make me feel good, I'm not going to have Mesiris Nefesh for you. Because Mesir Snefesh doesn't feel so good. If I have Mesir Snefesh, then inherent in my Mesir Snefesh is a love for you which is much deeper than Tuluya Badavar, a love which is dependent on something. It's an essential love, which is the Ava Mesuteris, the love which is inside of a Jew to Hashem which is hidden inside of a Jew, and this, which is described in Tanya, that this is something which we need to unearth, which we need to uncover. Shehi lemailam in adas. This love is a supra-logical love. It's not a love which is dependent on something. It's a love which is beyond logic. Therefore, there is no reason given in the Torah for the mitzvah of Mesiris Nefesh, of giving up one's life for Hashem. Rak al-Ava, on loving Hashem, it gives a reason. Nemar, over there it says, Tam, a reason. Kameshikasav, as it says in the Pasuk, La'Ava, Sashem Aleikacha, Kiyuchayacha, to love Hashem your God because He is your life. In other words, this is not the Ava Mesuteris, this is the Ava which makes sense, the logical of, page Lamed Hay. The, the 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 love which which is based on reason. Love Hashem kihu chayacha because He is your life. In other words, you love your life, then love the source of your life. Love Hashem. That makes sense. So it makes sense to love Hashem for that reason. But ve'ein zatam al nefesh. You can't say have mesiras nefesh for Hashem because He's your life. Give up your life for Hashem because He's your life. But then I'm ending up with a net zero or a net negative. So what's the logic? How does it make sense? So ve'ein zetam al nesiris nefesh. Ki hu is a good reason for la'avas Hashem, but not for nesiris nefesh. Kivan shahatam hu ki hu 
And the reason is, as we've said, because he is your life. That makes sense to love. But the whole concept of Mesiris Nefesh is to give up one's life. So you can't say, love Hashem, give up your life, Hashem, because he's your life. Because again, it doesn't add up. Allah, rather, the idea is, when it comes to Mesiris Nefesh, there is no logic possible. Because Mesiris Nefesh comes from inside of a person, from a supralogical place. From an essential, from an essential place, a place which is so deep inside of a person that there's nothing which makes sense over there. It's just because I am. And because I am, therefore I must continue to be. Because I am a Yid. And as a Yid, I'm connected to Hashem. Despite what makes sense. The explanation of He is your life. That is this, that he, Hashem, blessed be he, fills the worlds and surrounds the worlds. That through this, Hashem gives life and existence to all of the worlds, as we've discussed earlier in this Mimer at length. That there's the level of of godliness which fills the world, which infuses the world with energy, and there's the level of godliness which surrounds the world. That means which isn't directly, but is the source of that energy that fills the world. And both of those ultimately are logical; they make sense. The memale is direct logic. It's something you could see and understand in front of you. You see that there's a tree. You know that the tree has energy. Where does that energy come from? A big bang? The energy is being created. It's being breathed into it. It's being infused in it. So that's something which makes sense. The seviv also makes sense in a shlila way in an opposite way, that if I see in front of me energy, then that energy must have a source which is greater than it. If I could plug my refrigerator into the wall and have my refrigerator work, then there must be somewhere a power plant which is generating energy, which is much more than the energy that can fit inside of my outlet inside of my wall. That's the seviv. So that also makes sense. And anything that makes sense is not Mr. Snefesh. Mr. Snefesh is coming from a place which is higher than logic. And we already explained earlier in this Mimer, the Bchinas Memale Visevev, who Ara Levad Mimenu Yisbarak. That the level of Memale, obviously, and even the level of Sevev, is only a ha'ara, a ray of godliness. That means even when we're going to Gan Eden, 
and inside of Gan Eden were enjoying, were sitting back and appreciating the movie over there. The movie which is called Ein Saif, Infinity. And the, that movie in Gan Eden is just the most pleasurable, most exciting movie that you could imagine or beyond anything that you could imagine. However, at the end of the day, it's only a ray, it's only a movie. It's not Ein Saif itself, it's not Atmos. And even if you go from Gan Eden Hatakht in the lower Gan Eden to the higher Gan Eden, and even if you go from the higher Gan Eden into Atsilus, which is higher than it, and even if you go from Atsilus to Ak, to, to, to the highest level, as long as you're in a certain defined level, it's still not the essence itself. It's still only array. It's rak ha'aramimanuysbarach. But the essence of Hashem, einoi begeder al min klal. It's not in the category of worlds at all. It's not something which is connected to the world whatsoever. You cannot capture it in anything of the world, not directly and not indirectly, not inf- through an inference. It's something which is completely beyond the world. It can't even be something which can be save if it's greater than the world. It's not greater than the world. It has no relationship to the world. As far as it's concerned, concerned the world doesn't exist. Because Mimale and Seviv is not the essence of godliness. This that the worlds um, are created from it and receive energy from him, blessed be he. That's not what godliness is about. Godliness is not about giving existence to the worlds. For example, the sun. So there are rays of sun which come here into this world and they give light and they give warmth and they give life to this world. You have a whole planet with billions of people and uncountable creatures, animal life and plant life that they all exist from the energy of the sun. But it's not that the sun's inyan is to create this world, to give existence and life to this world. Because if this world were, God forbid, to cease to exist in a moment of a nuclear explosion or whatever it may be, the sun would be completely unaffected. Because that of the sun, which gives energy to this world, is merely a ray. It's a complete externality. It's not the sun itself. That's what it means. It's not... The, the sun's inyan is not in a direct way that it's working on giving life to the world and even not in a 
surrounding way, in a makif way, in a seviv way, that it gets some type of pleasure, some type of um, uh, satisfaction that this world exists. The existence of this world is completely irrelevant to the sun. It takes no energy, no direction, no focus, no investment from the sun whatsoever. Shaharei, and we say that this is the same also with regard to godliness, for Atahu you Hashem, and over here, Atta is referring to Hashem's essence, are before the worlds were created, and you Hashem are after the world is created, the same, before, during, and after, nothing changes in Hashem. And if Hashem were even a seviv to the world, if that was the Inyan Alekos, to be a seviv to the world, then there would be some change, some investment, some connection from the fact that the world exists. So if we're saying that you, Hashem, are the same equally before, during, and after, that means that the world is completely ke'ilu lehaya. Uh, it's 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 completely not relevant to the Abishter himself. That doesn't mean that our Torah and mitzvahs don't matter. Our Torah and mitzvahs do matter, and not just to Mimale, and not just to Seviv but to Atzmus, to Hashem himself, to the essence of Hashem. But the reason why they matter is not because they essentially matter. The reason why they matter is because Hashem chooses to make them matter. An easy, perhaps oversimplified example is a parent who plays a game with a child. So they're sitting down and they're playing a game and they're beholden to the rules of this game. That if you spin this on your dice, then this is what happens and this is where you go and this is how much money you get and how much money you give and so on and so forth. And there's excitement when one person wins and one person loses and one person gets stronger and one person gets weaker and so on and so forth, richer and poorer. But ultimately, obviously, it's all a game and it's all meaningless. However, its meaningfulness is how it is connecting the parent and the child And therefore, the parent limits themselves to this game, not because the game itself is important, but because the connection to the child and the essence of the child is something which is important. Let me just read a few more words. Even if Hashem would not create the worlds, everything would be the same for him just like the sun would be the same even if the worlds would not exist. The sun's satisfaction and dedication and um, uh, 
energy has nothing to do, not more, not less, not bigger, not smaller, with the existence of the worlds. And whether that's 100% correct in terms of the muscle, in terms of the analogy, it is completely correct in terms of the analog, in terms of Hashem and the world's existence. Still going to array, array of godliness. Yeah, so my question is, maybe I misunderstand the concept, but uh, isn't it Torah an intrinsic part with Hashem? And having that in mind, could we say that the generation... That means that if you're working inside of the structure of the world, then you're only connecting to a ray of godliness. Like, for example, and again, the example doesn't line up properly, but it will bring across this part of the idea. If I have a business, right? Why do I have a business? I have a business to earn money. Do I really care if my, on, on the shelves of the store, if I have a toy store, if I'm selling um, a fidget spinner or a slap uh, a slap bracelet or uh, um, uh, whatever other toy or fad is um, uh, the mode of the time. Those things don't really matter to me. I don't really care about any of these things. All I care is that my business should be profitable. And I care that my business should be profitable in order that I should be able to put bread on the table in order that I should be able to support my family and take care of them, right? So in that way, as long as you're inside of the, the business, and as long as you're discussing anything to do with the business, really nothing in the business matters to me, except for the bottom line, the profitability. The same is true also with the whole Seder Hishtalshlus. The whole Seder Hishtalshlus is completely unimportant. Seder Hishtalshlus is only a medium, but it doesn't touch the essence. The essence is something which is greater than, deeper than the whole Seder Hishtalshlus, and it's what connects Hashem to the essence of the Neshama, which is inside of a Yid. You understand? So that's what we're saying. If you're going higher and higher inside of Seder Shtalshus, if you're inside of Seder Shtalshus, ultimately you're just going to be touching a ray. And the truth is even higher than Seder Shtalshus, but those levels of godliness that are higher than Seder Shtalshus, but are there for the purpose of Hishtalshus, which is going to evolve later on in the process, is also just a ray of godliness and not Hashem himself, not the essence of Hashem. Thirty-four. So number thirty-five, thirty-six. 37, page 38. 
Okay, weiter. Ella, rather, that which is giving life and existence to the worlds, that's only a ray of godliness. It's not Hashem Himself in the way that the sun is not invested in the life energy inside of the worlds. The Abishter himself is not invested in the existence of the world. Rather, it's just a ray of godliness. As it says elsewhere, the Lakach Nikra Habriya Yeshme Ayin. This is why the creation is called something from nothing. Why is the why is creation called something from nothing? So there are different layers of this. The simple meaning of something from nothing is that there was nothing and now there's something. The truth is, however, that there was something and now there's nothing. Because what existed before is something and what exists now, some gesund, is nothing. A deeper level to understand this idea of yesh ayin something from nothing, is that when I look up, I feel like I'm something, and I feel like where I'm coming from is nowhere. I don't see it. I don't connect it. It's higher than that which I can perceive. Which is an appropriate explanation. But we're over here in the Mimer saying an even deeper level, layer in this concept of something from nothing. And that is that ultimately the source of all things is really nothing. As a ray of light is nothing. It's not really anything of the sun. It doesn't hurt the sun, it does, the sun doesn't feel it, the sun doesn't recognize it, the sun doesn't work in order to produce it. So too, the ray of godliness, which is the source of everything, is nothing. So all yesh, all existence, comes me'ayin, it comes from nowhere, it comes from nothing. Everything that exists is all based on nothing. Which means... If everything that exists comes from nothing, then everything that exists is a much bigger nothing. <laughs> Even higher than Seder Shtalshlis. The source of everything that exists is a ray of godliness. Because Hashem himself, as we said, is not invested in the creation of the world. So where is it deriving its source? Where is it pulling its energy from? From a ray. What's a ray? Nothing. It's not real. It's just a shine. It's just an illumination. It's just a projection. It's not it itself. Shebechinas hisavus hayesh. The concept of the existence of the yesh. It only comes from a ray, from a shine. 
It's called nothing compared to the essence of Hashem. And that's why the world is called something from nothing. As it says in the Pasuk, You are giving life to everyone, to everything. Perush meaning, What's Va'ata? The 22 letters of Hashem's words. May Aleph v'ad Taf. From the Aleph until the Taf. V'hei Meitzais and the five outlets of the of the mouth. So V'ata is, this we say in Davening. It's a Pasuk. That V'ata, a Pasuk in Nechemia. V'ata, you Hashem, give life to all of them. What's you Hashem give life to all of them? It doesn't mean Hashem himself. Because Hashem himself doesn't get involved in the process, as we said. So rather, Va'atovi here means the 22 letters of the Aleph base, which is Aleph Tiltaf, and the He is the five outlets through which these letters are expressed and formed into speech. You have five outlets of your mouth, your lips, your teeth, your tongue, your palate, and your throat. Those are the five outlets of your mouth. And those five outlets are what form each letter. Every single letter has one of those five outlets, which is the primary um, uh, formation of it. And uh, then the other four of them um, uh, contribute towards its existence. Through the letters, that's how Hashem gives life to everything. And these letters are not Hashem Himself. These letters are only a shine, a ray of godliness. Just like the letters by a person are only a levush, are only a garment of the soul, as we recently learned in Tanya, in Perik Chof of Tanya. Only. As we recently learned in the, in in Tanya that these these ICs, they aren't what create they're only a vessel to contain that which exists and if they're only a vessel to contain that which exists it means that these ICs, these letters are only a ray they're only a garment vim and if so. The essence of Hashem, who lemaila gam mibchinas umadregas, mibchinas umadregazu, hanizkar kihuchayacha. It's higher also from this level, which is mentioned, the level of kihuchayacha, that He is your life, because Hashem is not your life. Hashem is much. I can't say greater than your life because that that means that it's seviv. Hashem is not connected to that at all, as we just described. Kizehu rak That which is your life is the memali and seviv, the life energy of Hashem. And that's why you should love Hashem because He is your life. As it says, my nefesh, myself, my soul, 
Ivisicha desired you. Kamaishikas of Bitanya, as it explains in Tanya in the in the forty fourth, forty Memdalid, Perik Memdalid of Tanya. Avil Hamisiris Nefesh Lahash Lechayev Mineged, but the level of Mesiris Nefesh that is to throw one's life away for Hashem, Nimshach that's drawn. To not be separated from the essence of Hashem, blessed be He. Because He, Hashem, is higher than the life of life. And before the essence of Hashem, all existence, all reality, all of this, the the world and all of its um, levels and layers, starting from the physical world, obviously, and even in the spiritual worlds, the various levels of the spiritual world, through Yitzira and Bria and Atsilos and higher than Atsilos, etc. They're all considered like nothing, as if they don't exist. As we said earlier, because the essence of Hashem is before and after the existence of the world equally. All of this this is something that is in the power of every single Jew. Every single Jew has the power of Mesiras Nefesh. V'lochein haya oz Mesiras Nefesh b'poyel mamish eitzel kol Yisrael. That means that every single Jew has a connection not to Memale, not to Seviv, but to Atzmos. And that's why you see that a Yid is ready to be Meiser Nefesh for Hashem. And the concept of Mesiris Nefesh is something which exists exclusively in the relationship between a Yid and Hashem. Although giving up one's life is something that exists outside of a Yid's relationship with Hashem, but that type of giving up one's life is for something which is bigger and greater. Someone is giving up his life because he wants to be able to go to Gan Eden and get 70 pizza pies that were untouched by any man. 72. 72. It's a transaction. Huh? It's a transaction. He's giving something for something else. But by Yayid, Mr. Snefesh is not giving something for something. There's no transaction over there. By Yayid, Mr. Snefesh is, I am connected to Hashem and I can't be separated from Hashem. No matter what. You could take everything away from me, but I'm still connected from Hashem. You could take away my pleasure, my comfort, my life. But I'm still connected to Hashem. And that connection, that's true Messias Nefesh. And that Messias Nefesh is a power that exists by every single Jew. 
And therefore, during the time of Purim, Haya Oz Mesir Snefesh, Bepoil Mamish, there was practical Mesir Snefesh, Eitzel Kol Yisrael by every single Jew, Shaloyili Pared Miachtusis Barch, not to be separated from the complete unity of Hashem. Vizahu Esmaimer Mardchai Esther Oisa. This is that which it says in the Megillah that Mardachai's commands Esther did. And it says also about the Yidin, that the Yidin followed the instructions and directions of Mardachai. It doesn't just mean that Mardachai was the leader and the director, but rather that Mardachai infused within the Yidin. Mardachai awakened within the Yidin this Ava Mesuteris, this hidden love, which is super logical, which is essentially connected to Hashem. And then, through that, the Yid was inspired on their own, as we said in the end of the last class. Because Mardchai was the source of Bittal, as we said earlier in explaining the words Ish Yehudi Kanal. Now we could understand this is what Purim is about. What is Purim about? Purim is about a time when the Yidin demonstrated one and all in a unique way because there was the greatest existential threat which we faced as we spoke about because of the historical background. But the Jews, one and all, without exception, demonstrated complete Mesir Snefesh that I am a Jew and I will remain a Jew no matter what. And ultimately, that's the essence of a Jew connected to the essence of Hashem, which is what Torah is all about. Now, by Matan Torah, to be vessels for this, the Jews said, Nasa Vinishma. In the time of Purim, they also connected to the essence of Hashem. But they connected to the essence of Hashem, not through Nasa Vinishma, but through Mesiras Nefesh. Through practical Mesiras Nefesh. And the Maim is going to explain that. The Purim connection was, in a way, greater. And that's why it says the Jews accepted that which they began. They completed that which they started. They solidified that which they started to do. They began to accept. Because at the time of Matan Torah, where did the Jews find this inspiration inside of themselves to say to Hashem, I love you so much, no matter what, higher than all logic, I have an essential love for you, an avamisuteris, which is higher than a logical love. And that essential love is a love, Nasav and Ishma, higher than everything. Where did the Jews find that inside of themselves? Because Hashem held a mountain over them, their heads. Because Hashem pulled them into an embrace. And as long as they were pulled inside of that embrace with Hashem, they couldn't turn away. They couldn't 
changed their direction, they couldn't respond no. In other words, Hashem inspired it inside of them. But in the time of Purim, Hashem didn't inspire nothing inside of them. On the contrary, it was a time of deep hell and vehester. Now earlier, in the beginning of the Mimer, we asked, why was that circumstance not considered an oinus as well? They were forced, as the expression goes, we have nothing to rely on but God. Can't rely on anything else because nothing else can help us. Only God can help. The answer is because that's not what the point that we're emphasizing is. The point that we're emphasizing is that the Jews tapped into this essential love to Hashem, that they turned to Hashem and said, Hashem, we're connected to you no matter what. And where did it come from? Themselves. And that's like the marriage after the first fight. That this is a connection, a relationship, which is clearly built to last. Because it's not dependent on the external circumstances of romance and excitement and uh, upliftedness. It's there because that's the way that it is. Let's read inside. This is the idea of that the Yidin accepted that which they began to do. In the time of Matantar, when the Jews said Nasavanishma, and every expression that Hashem said caused their souls to expire, which is an expression of Messias Nefesh, of complete connection to Hashem, that means that they're swooning and and, and lifting themselves up and which is much higher and greater than their desire to be alive the neshama inside of a body so this is a level of and it is that level of bittel that the Jews achieved then which and earned them the Torah Hisgalus Alikos, the revelation of the essence of God, which took place then by Matan Torah. That's what happened by Matan Torah. And the same thing happened in the days of Achashverish. The Bittel, Habitel, Hazeb, Yasser says, this very same Bittel of complete connection to Hashem, no matter what, without any. Um, difference of my personal comfort or pleasure or self or life. The Bayasir b- b- says, but with greater power. Why is it with greater power? Because in the time of Matantara, this Bittal occurred as a result of a power of arousal from above. Shekafa alehem har that Hashem held a mountain over their heads. Ukamayim apanim. And the Jews reflected in kind, as we said earlier in the Maimer. Avo bimeachashverish, but in the days of Achashverish, Hayahabitl mitzad atzmam. The bitl took place from themselves, not from above. Bechinas is arusa de and arousal from below, tchila first. 
like we learned in the Maimer, Adam Kiyakir. And therefore, Gam that essence of Hashem, which is drawn as a result of this, comes from a higher level. Ad to the point that the revelation of godliness which took place at the time of Matan the essence of Hashem which was revealed at that moment was only a hechelu, was only a beginning. And in the time of Achashverosh, it was a completion. In other words, it was a higher level than then. It was a greater gila, a greater revelation. That the time of Matan Torah was called Onei Echelu Ahaschala, a beginning. Legabe Arva Hamshacha Shenimshach Lahem Bepurim, compared to the Ar, the light and the Hamshacha, that which is drawn down in the time of Purim. Shenikra Vekibel Shezehu Agmar. It's called Vekibel because this is the end. This is the height. This is the essence. This is again the marriage after the first fight. And this is Vikibal Hayyudim, etc. So this is this part of the Maimer. We have one section left to complete the Maimer where we will go back to explain the questions which we started in the very beginning of the Maimer. What's this business of drinking so much on Purim? But uh, the other points of the Maimer we've completed that the essence of Purim is about the Kabbalah Satira, which the Jews achieved then. And that Kabbalah Satira is a Kabbalah Satira which is deeper even, more solid, more forever than the Kabbalah which took place at the time of Matan because at the time of Matan it's not clear yet where it's going and how it will react to the events that would come. But now, if it's able to withstand the darkness, the storm of the decree that took place during the times of Purim, it's able to withstand everything. Good. Good.